Welcome to Brighton Road this morning. Welcome to those of you who are joining us online. This is one of our creative interactive services. So there'll be an opportunity for you to participate in a variety of ways this morning, but we gather together primarily to worship God. The God who is eternal, the one who reigns in heaven and on earth, the one who calls us into his family and equips us for his service. So our call to worship is on the screen. I just invite you to respond by saying together the words in yellow. Come on, let's praise God together. For God is great and worthy of our praise. Let's celebrate God's power and majesty, who God is and what he's done for us. For God is great and worthy of our praise. Let's remember the compassion God has shown towards us. God's mercy and unfailing love generation after generation. For God is great and worthy of our praise. And let's pass these stories to our children and grandchildren so that they too may come to know and love our God. For God is great and worthy of our praise. And because God is worthy of our praise, let's stand and worship him together. Father in heaven, how we love you. Thank you. 
sit down. You, Lord God, have done many wonderful things. What wonderful things has God done for you? Ian's going to come and take the reader's microphone. And if you want to share, stand up or raise your hand in the air. William will bring the microphone over to you. If you want to share what wonderful things God has done for you or for us or for the world, stick your hand up and we will hear from you. Michael, thank you. God gave me... Tom, yep. You're fine. And Tom, God gave me a word of wisdom this week. And as I was looking at that word of wisdom, it was talking about the despised and rejected. And if you look at David, when Samuel came, he went to David's father and said, I'm going to anoint one of your sons. Everybody was there. The servants were there. Everybody in the family was there. But not David. He was left rejected in the field. Then we look at David, and he comes to bring food to his brothers. Again, his brothers despise him and reject him. Then Saul despises him and rejects him. His own wife, Micah, despises him and rejects him. His children despise him and reject him. His men turn against him, and they reject him and despise him. And yet he's beloved of the Lord, and he writes Psalm 23. Whenever you feel despised or rejected, remember that David was despised and rejected, but beloved of the Lord. And that is so important for us to remember. Thank you. So we may be despised and rejected by others, but God loves us. That's the wonderful thing he's done. Thank you. Anybody else? Lila. God gave you a lovely life. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Anybody else? His gifts are too many to name. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. Where do we begin? Okay, bless you. Thank you. Anybody else? Salvation. salvation. Thank you, Ken. Christine. I've had two weeks of absolute agony and pain. I came home. I know I've had lots of prayer by different friends. And it worked. <laughs> oh, glory. Answered prayer. Thank the Lord, yes. Answered so prayer, thank you. Out of pain and doing all right. Fantastic, thank you. God answers prayer. One more? Well, sorry, okay. Welcome back. Welcome back. First time in a long time back in church. Bless you, Louise. Thank you, yeah? Was it... You, thank you, Mary. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say that uh, it's been a, been a challenging week and uh, I just feel that the Lord is sustaining me. That was it. Okay, fine. Thank you. That's practical. Thank you, William. Can, yeah, okay, bless you. This is the verse from the Psalms. You, Lord God, have done many wonderful things for us. And it continues by saying, and you've planned marvellous things for us. And we can look back and celebrate the wonderful things God has done for us in the past, giving us a wonderful life and other things as well. And the confidence we have from what God has done in the past gives us a confidence of the future as well. If God has done wonderful things for you in the past, you can trust him that he's planned marvellous things for you in the future. The past gives us confidence for what is coming. So there's a question on the back of that then. If you really believe that God has planned marvellous things for you, what attitude, what qualities, what mindset do you think you should have? So there's, a, there's another PowerPoint on the screen that says, because God has planned marvellous things for me, I can face the future with... And my glamorous assistant on my laptop is going to type in what you say God is going to give you in terms of... <coughs> An attitude for the future. Uh, okay. She's going to insert a text box and write what you write, what you say. Okay, so 
Because God has planned marvellous things for me. I can face the future with... Hope. Thank you. Yes. Hey, I'm not, she's, she's, she's still getting there. No, don't, don't move it around. You just did. Excuse me, excuse us a moment. Insert. So, hope. Lovely. Confidence. Courage. Courage. Thank you. This is not a race. This is not a hundred words a minute typist we have here. Okay. Hope, courage, confidence, joy. With love. With love in my heart. Okay. Hope, courage, confidence, joy. With love in my heart. That's going to come out all over the place because we're going to do a word cloud with this at the moment. <laughs> okay. Eileen? Confidence. Okay. Right. Strength. Strength. Okay. Yep. Okay. And peace. Expectation. Can you spell that? <laughs> okay. Assurance. Assurance of salvation. We'll just have assurance because of salvation is going to come all over, all over the place. Okay, right. Any more? Are we drawing to a close? How many have we got? Hope, confidence, courage, joy, with love in my heart, confidence, strength, peace, expectation, assurance. Put out salvation as well and keep the man happy. Okay, anything else? Life. With life. Thank you. Eternal life, even. Yeah, okay, right. Going, going, gone. Okay, courage, C-O-U. Oh, my word, yeah, not like that. No, okay. How many are? Just one. Okay, grand, thank you, lovely. Purpose. You thought you'd finished, didn't you? Purpose. <laughs> Are we done? Let's see if I can make it work. Yeah? Is it all there? Okay. No, just... I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay, this is what it's done. Can we see it on the screen, please? Whoa, okay. Confidence is the big one, randomly generated. With all the other stuff on it as well. Life, purpose, expectation, love, assurance, peace, salvation, joy, hope, heart, strength, eternal courage. Bless you, thank you for that. I, I love that. Mind you, I hope God delivers and doesn't let you down with that sense of expectation you have for the future. I mean, I am bitterly disappointed. Back in 2018, I think it was, I bought these cabbage seeds. <laughs> I have kept them faithfully on my shelf where I can keep an eye on them. Nothing, nothing has happened. £1.75 down the drain as far as I am concerned. Anybody had luck growing cabbages from cabbage seeds? Who's had success? Carol. How come your seeds grew and mine didn't? You planted yours. Okay, anybody else had success? Just Carol. Yeah, Lila. You planted them and gave them water. Anything else I would need to do? Feed them. Feed them? It's like having children. <laughs> okay. Anything more? 
nurture. Okay. Yes. Goes without saying that if you want to buy seeds, if you want them to grow, you've got to dig a hole, you've got to plant them, water them, feed them, nurture them, weed around them, look after them, take care of them. Flipping hard work it is. Give them room. Give them space. Stop the caterpillars. Okay. Yeah, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort. It's not just buying the seeds and expecting everything to happen. But I have to say, being a Christian is a bit like that. Jesus came into the world, gave his life for you. So what? What difference does it make in terms of my ability to face the future? None, I have to say. Absolutely none, unless you do something about it. Just like you need to open the packet of seeds, plant them, water them, nurture them, make them space, look after them, keep the caterpillars away, all that kind of stuff. You need to make a response to Jesus for him to make a difference to you. That means saying, Lord, you came into the world for me, come into my life. Take charge of who I am. I give my future to you. I put my trust in you as my Lord and as my Saviour. Until we make a response like that, nothing changes. Nothing happens. But once we do something in response to God giving his Son to us, once we open our lives and Jesus comes in, that makes all the difference in the world. And the things that we've talked about here, how we can face the future become real, because Jesus is part of our lives, part of who we are, governing our lives, and governing our future as well. See, if you look at that and think, oh, I wish I had those things, or, oh, really, I've never found Jesus makes any difference to me at all, ask him in. Give your life to him. Make a commitment to him. And see what he does in response to that step of faith on your part. We're going to sing a song that just expresses something of giving our lives to Christ. Lord, you are the author of my life.
do please have a seat. You might have noticed we often have kind of tables out with activities on for this kind of service. We've not done that this morning. Over there, there is a big table which has on it a, a board with an activity sheet and some pens for colouring or filling in the activity sheet and a pound's worth of 10p pieces on top. So if your attention wanders from me and it's wandering on something else, you want to go and help yourself to one of those boards and boxes. So you're thinking about something that's associated with the service rather than about whatever else you might be thinking about please feel free to go and grab a board, a box and some 10p coins. Because I'm asking you, actually, if, if you had a pound's worth of 10p pieces, what could you do to make that money grow? How could you use that pound of 10p's to make that money grow? And for those of you who, for whom 10p isn't very much, can I ask you just to chat to each other for a moment? If you had, say, 10,000 just arrived through the door conveniently, where would be a good place to invest it? What would be a good way of using it? Just, just talk amongst yourselves for a couple of minutes and just, um, yeah. What would you do with a pound's worth of 10p coins? Or if, if that's kind of not much for you, what 10,000 pounds, where would you put it? Where would you invest it? Okay, can I invite you to draw your discussion to a close, please? And because Brightmo Baptist Church is not insured to give sound financial advice to people <laughs> who wish to invest, I'm not going to invite you to share your wisdom with the world at large, just in case somebody does it and loses their money and decides to sue us, okay? So whatever you've decided to do, uh, just that. Just, uh. But it kind of leads into to our story today, who's the story of a prince who received a letter from the emperor in Rome. Always a bit of trepidation, that. And this is good news. Because the emperor has decided that he is going to be promoted. He is going to be made king. He is going to be put in charge of the country. And he's invited to go to Rome to be invested with the title of king and to return in triumph to govern the country later on. His first thought is, who can I trust to work alongside me? Who will be responsible and clever and have wisdom to be able to look after the people well so the country can flourish under my rule? And we know, don't we, that people are appointed to positions of responsibility in government for all sorts of reasons. But this man decided he was going to appoint people on the basis of merit, of them actually having the ability to do the job he was going to give them to do. So he decided he would make a little test. He called ten of his servants and said, I've, the emperor's told me I'm going to be king. I'm going to give you each £10,000. And while I'm gone in Rome, being made king, I want you to make the best use of the £10,000 I've given you that you can. And when I come back, we'll see how you've done and on the basis of how you've done, then we'll see what happens from that point on when I get to be king. They all accepted their £10,000, accepted the responsibility. He went off to Rome. But the thing is, not everybody in the country was happy to see him being appointed. There were people who actually said, we don't want this man to reign over us. So they sent a delegation after him to the emperor saying, look, we reject this man's authority. We do not want him to be our king. Be that as it may, the emperor ignored their delegation. The prince was appointed king and in due time returned home again and summoned his ten servants. Have you got on? He said. The first one came and said, well, Lord, you gave me ten thousand pounds. 
Here is a hundred thousand pounds I'm returning to you. Your investment has grown tenfold. Brilliant, said the king. I'm going to put you in charge of ten cities. The second servant comes and says, well, Lord, £10,000, I've got 50000 So it's grown fivefold. And the king again was very pleased with him. Well done, he says, that's good work. I'm going to put you in charge of five cities. Then the third servant comes. He says, well, I know the kind of man that you are. You can be a little bit stingy. A little bit tight-fisted. You, you want something for nothing from people. I think you're a bit hard-hearted and mean. So I, I wrapped up your money in an envelope, in a, in, a, in a handkerchief. Here's your £10,000 back. Haven't lost any of it. Hasn't gained anything. I'm giving you back what is yours. No more, no less. And the king was not impressed. Haven't you heard that interest rates have started going up? (laughs) Why didn't you at least put the money in a bank so I could have had a little bit of interest on it? And he said to his other servants, take away the £10,000 from that man and give it to the man who made £100,000. He doesn't need that money. He's in charge of ten cities. He'll be earning a fortune. And the king said, well, I'll tell you, this is how it works. Everyone who has a lot will be given more and the person who has nothing will lose even what they've got. One of the principles of capitalism, isn't it? But it's in the Bible. And the king said, those people who didn't want me to be king, who rejected my rule over them, bring them here. If they don't want me as king, I want to see them put to death. Parable ends on a really quite downbeat note from Jesus. But it is a picture of the way in which God invests in us, his servants. He doesn't give us all £10,000. But what has God given you? What has God entrusted to you? What gift has God given you? What investment has God made in you? Again, you talk about what you do with £10,000, just for a couple of minutes. What has God given us? What gifts has God given us that he wants us to use in his service? And I'll I'll ask if we find ten that we kind of of agree on. So just for a couple of minutes, talk together. What has God given you? How has God invested in you? Um, Yeah, what gifts has he given that he wants us to use in his service? Okay, can I invite you to draw that to a close, please? Thank you. So investments. What's God invested in us? Any any salvation? Thank you. Number two. Intelligence. Intelligence. Whoa. Great. What else? Jesus. Was that reassurance? Love. Talent. Alison? Creativity. Creativity. Yeah, some of us more than others, I have to say. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry? Being practical. Being practical. Some of us even more than others. (laughs) 
I could get quite insecure about some of these. The Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit. Whoa. Can I put spiritual gifts? Yeah, okay. And life. Okay. You can see what's coming, can't you? I want you to get back into your groups again. What return is God looking for from these things? God's given you these things. These, these are the £10,000 he's given you. How does he want you to use them? With money, it's easy. Just money, making money, making money. These things need to think about a little bit more. So if God has given you these things, what does he want you to do with them? Because that's the point of the parable. We are, we are servants of Christ, and he doesn't micromanage us. He doesn't say, do this, 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 and this. He says, here you are. Get on with it. So how does God want us to use these gifts of salvation, intelligence, Jesus, reassurance, love, talents, creativity, practical skills, spiritual gifts and life? What return does God look for from us? Well, let's, let's let, just, just talk about it for a minute or two and we'll, we'll have feedback in a minute. But I'd like to spread the gospel. Thank you, Louise, okay? Just again, what, what return does God look for from you, for the gift he's given you? I've had my pound back, told, uh, use wisely, it'll make £10,000, which would be a very good 10,000 times as much. Okay, so, God has given us salvation. That's his investment. What return does God look for from us for the gift of salvation? Sharing the gospel. It's not to be kept for ourselves alone. It is to be shared with others. Salvation is a gift for sharing. Thank you. What about intelligence? Use it. Use it. Usage. Usage. Wisdom. I like wisdom, actually. Using intelligence to gain wisdom. How do we live life well, we can use intelligence for all sorts of things, but using intelligence to gain wisdom is really helpful. Thank you. Jesus, gift of Jesus. Lila? Um, helping us grow. Helping us grow. So God gives us Jesus, and he expects us to grow in our faith. It's an ongoing thing. It's not as if, oh, I'm a Christian now, that's it. Down tools. We grow in our knowledge of Jesus and in the ways in which we serve Jesus. We grow up into maturity in Christ, it says in one of the letters. Reassurance. How do we pay back for the gift of Ben? Confidence. It's actually about stepping out and doing stuff. Not just, oh, I feel really reassured. It's the confidence, I'm going to give this a go. I'm going to be courageous. I'm going to, I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to do something because I've got this assurance. Thank you. Love. Sharing, Sharing love. Obedience. Obedience. If you love me, we've had sharing already. If you love me, Jesus said, you will keep my commandments. Forgiveness, Forgiveness for love as well. Okay. I'll slip two in there. If you love someone, you'll forgive them. Love covers a multitude of sins, it says. Talents. Everybody, everybody has a talent of one sort or another. Dig around, find it, take it out the handkerchief. What are we supposed to do with our talents? Make sure you use them. Yep, don't wrap them up in a handkerchief. If God has given you a talent... Use it. Don't bury it. Don't say, oh, I'm no good, I can't possibly do anything. God's given you a talent. Use it. Creativity. Is that you? I was saying, more like a bucket. 
More lights, less buckets. Yes, memorable phrase. Thank you. Creativity. Use it. Use it. Yeah, okay. Share it. Share it. Use it. Okay, yeah. More like this bucket. Don't bury it under. Practical gifts again, probably. Use it. Spiritual gifts. Use it. Plus fruit. How you use it is important as well. Life. Whoa! Brian? Lead by example. I'm expecting John there as a Land Rover to say, live it! One life, live it! Okay. God's investments, the return he looks for. Salvation, share it. Intelligence, seek wisdom. Jesus, grow in your knowledge of him. Reassurance, have the confidence to give some, have a go at something. Love, obey Jesus, forgive each other. Talents, use them. Creativity, use it. Practical gifts, use them. Spiritual gifts, use them. Life, Live it and lead by example. Show others how they should live. God has invested in you. Are you going to give him the return of using what he's given for his glory? Because whatever we have comes from him. Even if we've made something of our lives, the raw materials, the opportunities, the beginning, they come from him. We're grateful to him. He calls us to use what he's given us in his service. Let me pray. Eternal God, out of your great generosity, you brought the world into being and gave it life. Then you gave it yourself on the cross of human suffering. Such priceless, painful giving. Did you invite us here to show us that? Then show it to us once more, O oh God. Show us a different kind of world. A different cost of living. Where the pain will not be eased by the money we spend on ourselves. But by the way we spend ourselves for others. And the way we value life. Eternal God, out of your great generosity, make us generous. Bring us into being. Amen. It's a prayer from the Iona community. Challenge. In the light of that prayer, in the light of what's on the board, is God calling you to live your life a different way? You might feel, looking back, we talked about God's done marvellous things for us. You might feel looking back that you've blown it. God has given you good things and you've wasted them or not used them. But the good news is it's never too late to change direction, to start over and say, God, be in charge of my future from this day forward. It's never too late to say, God, I want to live my life for you now. He always says, yes, okay, let's start again. Because he loves us and he gives us. So we're going to see my future hangs on this.
Please sit down. Final question. The king. How did different people see him in Jesus' story? What were people's impressions of the king? What kind of man was he like in their eyes? Any thoughts? How did different people see the king? He didn't suffer fools gladly. No, indeed. Yeah, anything else? Sorry? He was a goer. Okay, yeah, okay. Did people have different opinions of him? Yeah, in what kind of way? Some liked him, some didn't. Okay, the ones that liked him, what kind of man did they see him as being? Wise. So wise in killing off his opponents as well as, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. Creative and ambitious. Yeah. Strong leader. Okay, yeah, okay. What? A benefactor. In what way was he a benefactor? He gave people a chance to put themselves, give them some money, and those who did well, he rewarded handsomely. What about the guy who just wrapped it up in a handkerchief? What was his impression of the king? Unfair, stingy, mean. Sorry? Grasper. So some thought he was generous. Some thought he was a grasper. Some wanted nothing to do with him at all. Same man, very different perceptions of him. We've got one God. But people have very different perceptions of God as well. There's a verse in one of the Psalms says this, Lord, you are faithful to those who are faithful to you. Completely good to those who are perfect. You are pure to those who are pure, but hostile to those who are wicked. You save those who are humble, but you humble those who are proud. Interesting. Same God, different perceptions of God. So the question is, to what extent is your view of God a reflection of what's in your own heart? Because those who served the king well found the king to be generous. Those who thought he was stingy found he was stingy. Those who rejected him found he rejected them. Our perception of God is often governed by our own mindset, our own attitude. That's why Jesus is so important, because Jesus is completely God. Jesus represents God to us as he really is. We need to model our view of God on what we read about Jesus, not on what we think about God in our own hearts, because our perception of God may be twisted and distorted. And Jesus, as a human being, enables us to be representative of God as well. When we look at God through Jesus' eyes, we see God as a loving, generous, faithful, heavenly Father. When God looks at you through Jesus' eyes, he looks on you with love and with forgiveness and with grace. So let Jesus be the filter through which you look at God and the filter through which God comes to you. God is Jesus-shaped. Because when we encounter God through Jesus, we find grace and generosity. When we look at God through Jesus, we see a God who is faithful and generous and loving and forgiving. Base your view of God, base your life on Jesus and you won't go far wrong. We're going to close by singing um, When I Was Lost, You Came and Rescued Me.
If you want prayer, people will be available to pray with you here at the front after the service. But let's bless each other with the words of the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.